are recording. It is locked down, but we're back. Amazingly. This is kind of freaky. I'm sitting here at my desk, surrounded by all my shit and no Jason. It's it's weird and I don't like it, but <laughs> we, do, we do what we can, right? Yeah, that's it. Well, you are listening to Thoughtless Casual Gaming with Brett and Jace. Uh, we are a Geelong-based gaming podcast where we play games badly and then talk shit about them. Uh, we are currently in sitting in dis- different homes for once, so we're not across the table from each other. So God knows how this is going to sound. God knows how this is going to work, but we're going to give it a go. Yeah, I can make zero promises on the uh, sound quality on this, but we'll give it a red hot crack. Yeah, that's it. Well, it's been a while. So, you know, the lockdowns hit us slightly, not as much as Melbourne, of course, but um, it has put a bit of a damper on the whole gaming side of things. Um, So... What, why don't we go into a bit of hobby first, Jace? Um, yeah, we'll kick that off. It's been a while. How much hobby have you done? Look, it, it has been a while. And disappointingly, I had to take a loof out of your book. And when I started going, all right, what, what have I done? And where am I at? And what's going on? I had to actually start making notes. So I remembered everything. Um, not to saying that I've done that much, but it just, it's been over such a, an expansive space of time. Uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, so just, just flicking through some of the stuff that we've done or that I've done over the last, and I don't even know how long it's been now, which is really bad, but anyway. It's been a couple of weeks, what, three or four? I reckon it's been a good month. Yeah. We're in, well, we haven't done this since lockdown started and we're now in week five. I don't know. They all blend into each other. I don't know, right? It's fucking Groundhog Day. Um, I'm going to say week five, so it's been that long. So, in the last five weeks, um, look, I bought more stuff than I should have, but probably not as much as I'd like to. Um, I got suckered into one of the local guys when G dubbed their little loot crate rando mm-hmm. um, box thing for Underworlds. Um, a bunch of us got together and decided to split that. So I threw in money for that, not knowing anything, but I am a sucker for a mystery gift um, <laughs> and ended up with the Godsworn Hunt box. Mm-hmm. So they, they showed up, um, delivered in contactless manner as is appropriate um, and are now currently sitting still in the box um, waiting for me to get to them. I grabbed a whole bunch of, and this was kind of a deal with a mate of mine um, who is well into Warmaster, which is the old sort of epic 10 mil scale yep. uh, fantasy battles. Um, so he's been nagging me to play Warmaster forever. Um, and I'm like, oh, I don't have stuff and whatnot. And he goes, well, print me a bunch of terrain and I'll just give you models as a trade. So Sounds I printed like a, a whole bunch. I, I printed a whole bunch and it's great because they're teeny tiny buildings because um, they're all for 10 mil Warmaster. Um, so it's just shrinking everything down to fit and printed a bunch of them and gave them to him and got most of a Warmaster Lizardman army um, show up at my door, which Ooh, was great. Lizardman? Yeah, something completely different. I, I'm Especially when I'm changing games or doing stuff like that, I like to do a little bit of a, here's something I've never done before. Um so that's where they came from. Um, they're currently sitting in a bucket of simple grain um, slowly because he got them secondhand. So they're like third hand and I don't even know what kind of paint was used on them, but we'll try and rip that off and strip them and, and start again one day. 
Um, what else? Oh, um, amazing Australian slash American painter Meg Maples um, was putting together a group order for a little um, bust of this little fawn creature. Is this fawn girl? The frog, she's adorable. Um, so again, I got suckered in and, and bought one of those. So that showed up and I'll paint that one day, but that's still sitting in the box. I got very excited by a 3D um, sculptor I saw on Facebook um, who runs a, a site called Nick's Hatchery. Um, and he just, for poops and chucks, creates 3D models. But he did a Monkey King. And being a super fan of the old, you know, the Monkey Magic era, speaking of, New Adventures of Monkey on Netflix is as bad as you would hope and <laughs> fully endorse it. Um, I've seen it there. I haven't given it a go. Look, if you if you take the original Monkey, but up the production values to something akin to Xena Warrior Princess. Okay. And accept that everybody in there has a Kiwi accent. Um it's the greatest thing in the world. Anyway, I got this really cool, um, just a file of this Monkey King model and I had one of the, the local guys, Mark, print me out a copy of that. So it is now sitting there waiting for me to paint. I'll get to that. Um, there's a little bit of a painting challenge with the local guys where, um, again, we make Mark print us all things and we're all supposed to paint them. And he gave us like this four-armed kind of gorilla critter for this time round. Um, so here's there now assembled and waiting to be, uh, uh, painted, um, stuff I actually put together apart from the gorilla, the war cry, I started doing the critters, the raptorix mm-hmm. from the, the war cry box, assembled them, I primed them. That's as far as they got. Um, I also in the same time I had a, decided to have a mental health day off work and just assemble a whole bunch of shit. So along with the, the, you know, funky gorilla grod guy and the Warcry critters, I did the Batman Teen Titans box. Pulled them all out, got them all assembled, and I have never been angrier in my life. <laughs> they are amazing-looking models once they they're together. look fantastic, but I have never dealt with worse quality resin um, oh, that's right. They're resin now, aren't they? They're resin. Most of mine are the old metal versions. So, Night Models has no business in resin. That is my statement here. They, I think they got a bit of flack from when they first started. I think they might have improved their game um, more recently, but I think the, the first lot of resin was particularly soft from mm-hmm. memory. Yeah, and look, I don't know whether... Because this is one of the relatively new team boxes I got from the new release Batman. So it's the Team Titans team box. So it wasn't even like the original edition resin that they went to when they first went from metal to resin. Okay. Um, And it is fucking shocking. Um, There is flash everywhere. There were holes. There was... Things don't fit. It is the softest resin I've ever dealt with. Um, the details are super fine. Um, the contact points are in stupid fucking spots. Um, they look amazing when you get them together, but there was just bits and shits where I'm like, this is, I'm going to fix this with green stuff. This is not worth my time trying to make happen. Um, but they're together. And I also have Beast Boy him painted by himself. Um, I've done the base coats for his gorilla and his tiger and his little bird form. Um, 
and I'm halfway through Raven. So we got some painting done there. They look again, once they're together, happy days, but just the rage from the assembly took me from, <laughs> I'm going to spend some time on these. There's only 10 models. I can go to town and do funky things and build creative bases to fuck it. I'm putting some paint on them and they're gone in the cupboard. Um, but they're together now. Now you can put them aside, chill out. I'm and so then fucking get to terrified them. handling them uh, because they're so fucking fragile. Um, what else have I done? So the Throw the Dice ran their little Geelong, is, uh, you know, Winter Wipeout, Summer Smash, whichever one it was, mm-hmm. um, Age of Sigmar tournament. I had a bunch of terrain from the store that I had promised Rich that I would base coat and I got the rest of that painted to a standard that's acceptable to put on a table, let's be honest. Um, well, it's terrain after that, all. It's terrain. And terrain is really the, the, the most fun you can have because you can just try shit out and it doesn't matter. It's a building. Um, yeah, I, I did want to spend some more time on it, but had real life things crop up and he got what he got and he was happy with it. So I'll go with that. <laughs> um I finished the uh, diorama for his competition, but now they've actually done the voting, so we're allowed to show pictures of it, so I'll throw that up. And I finished off our Christmas in July um, (laughs) gifts, finally, Um, which, given that I'm planning on delivering them tomorrow and I probably won't have this published, I can actually talk about, um, because it feels like it's the only thing I've painted in a very long time, which is the... A space brain. I don't even know what kind of space brain it is. It I bought it off somebody relatively cheap, but it's one of the characters from one of the boxes, um, painted as an ultramarine. Um, and I'm about done painting ultramarines after that. After um, one model, no uh, one. It'll do. I'm done. Um, but I spent way too long painting the two. Like I probably should have been done a lot earlier. But it got to a stage where I was definitely done. Um. And then over the last couple of nights, I had, I found, I had the old Mad Donna Ulanti metal, the original cast, and uh, the same guy is also pretty heavily into Necromunda, and I thought, you, you're not collecting Necromunda unless you have this model, um, and I'm not really collecting Necromunda, so I spent a few nights painting up Mad Donna, and that is probably all of the hobby. That's a fair effort. Like, I can probably summarize mine up into about two sentences compared to you. It sounds like a lot, but I feel like I just waffled. Well, you know, I've seen pictures of the Ultramarine. I've seen pictures of the the Necromunda chick, and that's a lot of effort. Plus your base boy as well. That looked amazing. So you've done well. Yeah, I know it's been a couple of weeks, but still, you've put time and effort into yours. Uh, me, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've I've done a bit of non-hobby stuff. <laughs> um, my wife and I started watching, finally started watching Umbrella Academy. That's after, hobby. That yeah, counts. Well, after umming and ahhing about it for a while, we finally got down to it and and kind of got addicted too. So we're currently halfway through season two. I did, Good. yeah. I did pick up the the first book as well, which I'm planning on reading after I finish the TV show, uh, just to see how they've changed it, what's different, that sort of thing. So, 
Um, I've done a lot of shopping. Does that count as hobby? Absolutely. Oh, good. Okay. Um, well, I decided, speaking of Christmas in July, last Christmas, you gave me a bit of a hand with, um, ironically, my random person was the person that you got this Christmas. So you I planted blue. I planted blue. Um, we, I did the 40K Ultramarine pop final and painted that ironically took off the ultramarine paint job that was there and made my own ultramarine paint job so but i've been thinking about these pops for a while and thought well maybe i should get one and the ultramarine is the stock standard marine and and i'd been eyeing him off at work for a little bit and then when i eventually decided yes i will get him he was gone but there was the blood angels assault pop so i thought i'll just pick that up that turned into me getting all four of them so i've got all four of them now (laughs) because yeah i don't don't know i don't even play marines i don't i'm the chaos player all the way and yet i've got you could totally chaos them up i'm just saying could but they're they're kind of cool um would they be cooler with horns everything would be cooler with horns but yeah look you know there's four of them there's one for each god You're trying, aren't you? Uh, did I mention that I haven't done much hobby, let alone starting converting pop finals? Anyway, uh, the San Diego Comic Convention happened or didn't happen, depending <sighs> on your way of thinking. So it basically was an online sale and, and work got a whole heap of the pop finals in for that. So I ended up buying a few of those. Um, I also found at work the other day a pop vinyl, which has been sold out for quite some time and there was one random copy of him in the back room which is why it was still there obviously so i managed to pick that up um that was a mtv unplugged kurt cobain so i'm very happy with that one uh what else if tell, I... tell me he comes in a little heart-shaped box oh, he doesn't he comes in and oh, they, <laughs> they had such an opportunity um hobby wise i have bought a lot of stuff um I walked into Guff the other day and, and for random reasons, which I don't know, I ended up buying the Warcry cards for the Skaven army. I don't have enough Skaven models to field a Warcry That's unit. That's fine. We can, we can work through. It's something that I might think about. Um, I got some more tarot-sized sleeves, so I finally sleeved all my Malifaux cards. Um, I had – I'd been eyeing off the Battlestar Galactica – game for a while and uh the starbuck viper was there and i i thought about it and i just went up to ask how much it was and i ended up walking away with it (laughs) so that was a great story when you told it too yeah it was like god another system and now of course i have to buy the base game but um guff have ordered that in unfortunately it's been a bit of a delay so it's still not arrived uh, what else did I get? I got my Christmas in July gift, uh, which was fantastic. So I got a whole heap of uh, 3D printed busts. I got a He-Man Skeletor and a nice big like Dark Knight Returns Batman, which has been painted up, which looks amazing. Um, also, oh, you got that. Yeah. I didn't know he was handing that out with a gift. I knew a couple of bits and pieces. Nah, but... 
Yeah, no, that rocked up, and as well as the, the Masters of the Universe miniatures uh, for He-Man and Skeletor, which are cool, and I'm not too sure what I'm going to do with them. I'll put them together, I'm sure, but well, it's going to take me some courage to put paint on them, that's for sure. Uh, apart from that, I did fold the other day, and I picked up the Dark Elves for Underworlds. Oh, yes. I like them. I haven't played Underworlds for ages because the whole um, COVID thing, and I really, it's this kind of game that I want to be face to face with. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Playing via Zoom or online just doesn't have that interest for me for the game, but I really want to play face to face. And the Orcs and the Dark Elves came out. The Dark Elves look incredible, so I did pick up them and. It's only a matter of time before I get the orcs too, I suppose. I'm still upset about those orcs because they're just bigger <laughs> and meaner than the orcs that I already own. Yeah. Um, but the Dark Hills are really fucking pretty. They are. They are. Yeah. I haven't put them together yet, but they are sitting there looking at me right now. So actual hobby. Um, oh, before that, I have actually been playing a lot on the Xbox. Not a lot per se, but I have been playing Minecraft, believe it or not. Um, and my daughter is surprisingly good at it. She's five years old, and, and she built a tree today, which is something I th- would have thought was well beyond her at this age. But, yeah, first time, she's like, I'm going to build a tree. She built the the wood out of technically what the, the icons are for beehives, but it looked good. Put uh, leaves on it and everything, and um, so we been having a bit of fun with her on that but hobby wise i have painted up i painted up for a guff um covid lockdown painting comp um the worm spat from underworlds so three nurgle guys i did take a bit of time with them and i did push myself a little bit i tried a few things i wasn't comfortable with um and i'm really happy with them they're each one seemed to turn out better than the last. So I did um, try some edge highlighting on armor, which I'm really not good at because my thin lines look three times thicker than anybody else's thin lines. But um, I tried that and I did some blending on the um, horrible ruptured anus that one of them has. Um, I didn't even know he had that until you painted it. <laughs> and then it, I realized how wonderful it was. Yes. It's, it's disgusting, but it looks great. Um, and I did, I'm really happy. I've done rust before on models, and but I was really happy with how it turned out with the um, the blades on those guys. It was just you know, just do them lead belcher base, uh, do a bit of null oil over the top, uh, and then typhus corrosion gives it that sort of grit. So a bit of typhus corrosion and then dry brush with an orange, and it looks fantastic. So overall, happy with how they turned out. I then decided to do a blue horror for Underworlds and thinking, oh, I've got this, you know, I've done three models I'm really, really happy with. Did the blue horror, wasn't happy, lost all motivation. They're they're pains in the ass models. Um, I'd I'd forgotten about him because you painted him and I went, oh, I've got one of those. That's a good idea. I'll paint a horror. Um, It showed me up. Well, they're fucking obnoxious models because the whole thing is, you know, fire and demon. Um, and the the little one, whatever the fuck he's called, is worse. Yes. Um, to be perfectly honest, 
Um, I did attempt him to. They're actually really dicky to paint and kind of tricksy. Um, and they look so simple, so they're really frustrating when it doesn't work exactly yes. the way. <laughs> uh, just yeah, it really, really kicked me in the head a bit for motivation for quite some time. Um, I have started on the Orc Warband for Underworlds that you have. Um, so I've done, I'm just going to do them purple skin, yellow armor. So I've done yep. the purple skin contrast for all of them, and I've done the the base yellow contrast for one of them. So it's 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 a start. Um, what else have I done? Uh, put together a Malfoy Teddy. Yes, I thought you'd be happy about that. Another one. Yes, another one. That's my second Teddy. So um, this one's a a girl, isn't it? It's Miss. I forgot yeah, her name. Miss Uri. Misery, yeah, misery. Um, So put her together. She's sitting in front of me. And then all this talk about the Christmas in July, because I lost the motivation, it's it's been really hard, especially because I'm trying to do – I've got three things for for the person that I've got, and I've done one of them, and I had this great idea – and it's, it hasn't quite worked. I'm not happy with it. And I'm going to try and just make it look better by putting some grass and, and I might have to steal some of your flowers for the base. Um, so that cost me a bit of motivation as well. But the other model, I have done the, the base colors. I finished off the base colors on him today. And he's actually looking a lot better. It's me got me a bit more motivated i think i sent you through a picture but basically just done the base couple of colors and a little bit of blending on the back um lots more to do before i'm really happy with it but he's already looking better than my blue horror finished up definitely coming together um yeah, no, so, no, he's going to be together really well. Ah, uh, yeah. Apologies to my Christmas person. It's going to be late, but I hope it's to, worth to it. To be fair, your Christmas person who... Shall remain nameless. Shall remain nameless. I'm not sure how much hobby they actually did as part of their gift, so they don't get to whinge. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, but yeah, that's me. That's hobby wise for me. Hopefully next time we record, which hopefully if this works, won't be as long between, um, we could could do nightly episodes if it works like this. We could. I'd run out of things very quickly to talk about and people would run out of interest in listening to us quicker than I run out of things to talk about, but we could. It's a race. (laughs) Um, challenge accepted. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, all right. So it's been a while. We've done some stuff. That was, that was good. Mm-hmm. The, the other thing I keep eyeing off and it's really bad. I spent about three days scrolling the, um, Corvus Valley website, looking at models that I now desperately want. <laughs> um, so there may be an investment in infinity as a game at some time in the very foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just too, like I, the, I painted a couple for the diorama for throw the dice. Yep. Um, and they, really not. They turned like, out really well, too, the ones you did. metal. Um, metal! Really good quality. So it didn't make me as angry as it should have. Um, <laughs> 
and now I've assembled some of the night models resin, I feel like I, anything else is just a Zen experience. So oh, good. Um, I've, I've got some cats for you then. <laughs> I've done them. I've, I've, I've done I've my time. More. I've done my time. Um, They're sitting here looking I, at me. I haven't got them out of the bag yet. <laughs> they're, they're for a very good reason. Um, yeah, and they paint up really easily and they look really nice and Infinity could be a thing. Um, sorry, Wallet. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, speaking of future purchases, we do have hopefully, as long as everything goes according to plan, we have a D&D session going on Saturday. Um, yes. What happened yesterday was at work is that the base books we're starting to sell. So that means staff discount. Oh, so no. that means I've sent an order through tonight asking for the player's handbook. So I'll have that tomorrow. Oh, here it goes. All right. That is a slippery slope, my friend. Um... <laughs> Everything's a slippery slope with my work, unfortunately for me. I think basically I'm paying them to work. Anyway, sort of, and you get a refund if that is your wage or what's left of it. <laughs> stuff. Um, it's kind of change. Um, we did play a couple of things, so we, we have. And the first one, speaking of Saturday's D and D sessions, we actually got a session in right at the start of this lockdown. I want to say it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a thing. We played that. We advanced our little storyline with the same characters and everything a little bit further, and we've become a horrible people. Yes. Um, so the the long and the short of that was we were sent off to find some people and rescue them and sort of bring them along with this caravan of refugees. Um, and we got to some cantankerous old sort of writer's house, and he's like, well, I'm not going to leave until you get me some stuff to chronicle the journey with. Um, and he demanded some ridiculous feathers, and we went and got these feathers and came back, and it turned out they were from a Pegasus. It was this majestic. Wasn't very impressed. He was pretty angry. Um, and because we're relatively new to the game, and because the dungeon master said roll for initiative we did what every new player would do when they need to roll for initiative yes i tried i tried but i didn't try hard enough no everybody attacked and me as an elven wizard was going no no but it only lasted one round of combat before i joined in It, it got dark um and I feel like this one event will now shape the rest of the the sessions that we have. Mm-hmm. Like this has this is our defining moment. <laughs> well, I'm hoping, I'm hoping we have a new player joining on Saturday. I see everything going well and according to plan. So my mate Glenn will be joining us. He is a little bit more experienced and and does play fairly regularly. So I'm hoping that he's going to inject some sort of, what's the word? Sense. Yeah, that's, let's go with that. Um, and hopefully that'll rub off on the rest of us. I cannot make any promises. Um, <laughs> fuck. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm not letting this one slide anytime soon. It's going to be the best <laughs> thing in the world. Um, and the other thing we played, neatly, 
ties into this episode. Well, ironically enough, see, we played Dungeons and Dragons and we talked about that last episode and then we played another game and we're going to talk about that this episode. It's Whoa. Tree. I know, right? Like that um, really tied itself together really well. What are the odds? It's like that's how we plan these podcasts around games that Wait, we plan. Well, it's like yeah, how we make it happen occasionally when we can be fucked. Um, <laughs> You're acting like we've got notes and everything. I've now exhausted all of my notes. <laughs> I've still got some, so it's all right. So we played a little known game called Blood Bowl. Blood Bowl has been um, it's been kicking around for quite some time. Nineteen Dickety Two, yeah. Yep. Um, basically, if anyone is not aware of Blood Bowl, it's a specialist game done by Games Workshop. It's basically gridiron in the land of elves and dwarves and fairies and unicorns. Yes, exactly. Uh, it's usually a two-player game. You have up to 16 players on your team, of which you can have up to 11 on the pitch at any one time. And you have two halves. You know, if we're playing, I kick off to you, you have, you kick off to me in the second half, something along those lines. Yeah. Um, each half is eight turns, and basically it ends up being the most touchdowns at the end of the game wins. But that being said, most games can in, end in a draw unless it's a, a final. So um, it's a good little game. It's I've been playing since second edition. Um, the teams tend to be ranging between high agility to high bashiness. So some of your teams will try and score a lot. Some of them will try and injure the players on the other team so that they can't score a lot and then just walk the ball in. Yeah. So let's go back back a step. Because you said you've been go playing for, for a while. When did you pick this up? What happened? How did you fall into Blood Bowl? So I fell into Blood Bowl because I was a teenage boy living in England. And we played most of the Games Workshop games not well. You know, we played for playing sake um and then this this blood bowl game turned up i noticed it one and i picked it up and that was the end of everything else for me because blood bowl has kind of become my games workshop game uh, we we used to simulate blood bowl games by tackling each other in the rugby pitch in lunchtimes so we we had a bit of fun we made up our own rules back then we had cheerleaders coming onto the pitch we had anything going uh but it was it was just fun like it's rare that i get a two-player game that that i have so much fun with because you know normally the my head gets to me and like I stress myself out a little bit too much in two-player games where I'm mm-hmm. trying to think three steps ahead. I'm trying to make sure I don't fuck up. Whereas if I'm playing multiplayer games, who cares? You know, with Blood Bowl, it just, it just seemed to be that game for me. Yep. What about yourself? When did you first get in? So I was playing Warhammer Fantasy pretty heavily. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is... 
uh, whenever Seventh Ed was around. So we're a couple editions old now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of when I was really starting to play a lot of tournaments and, and whatnot. And I went with a bunch of guys up to a tournament that they run every year in Ballarat. And we're staying at Caravan Park in one of the cabins there. And, you know, we're sort of having a couple of beers the night before. And one of the guys who I was staying with, Phil, pulls out a copy of Blood Bowl and goes, have you played this? And I went, no. He goes, well, it, it's a pretty good, you know, beer and Skittles kind of game. Do you want do you, do you want me to run you through a game now just while we're dicking First around? taste is free. And so yeah, he ran me through really quickly the, the base sort of mechanics and, and how it worked. We played maybe a half before we were too drunk to do anything else. Um, and that was kind of it from there. I pretty much dove straight into a local league back in Geelong that was run by um, a bunch of pretty experienced players now um, that run, have run the Melbourne Leagues and, and a few of those. Mm-hmm. Um, played a few seasons with them. Um, and then it kind of died off for a little bit. And then when, because at, at this time, right, g had they, they'd created the game. It was a thing for a while. They dropped support. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of just existed the community kind of picked it up and this this they kind of carried it for a while 2016 rocks around and g-dub says no let's blood bowl's the thing let's let's bring that sucker right back out so they re-released it and it kind of reinvigorated the local scene and a bunch of people that had never heard of it got pretty keen um and that's actually how i met a bunch of the guys that we now sort of game with pretty regularly because um they were having a blood bowl guy a blood bowl day and they there was kind of you know, six or so guys ready for you know a games of blood bowl all day i didn't have a child at this time so i was free all day um and oh those were the days time, time was a thing I, I could just go to a whole day of games um and rocked up basically everyone had either bought converted or you know made teams there were a bunch of copies that were, nobody knew a copy of the rules um <laughs> at all it was great and i was pretty rusty so i was kind of i i've suddenly became the rules guy which is dangerous at the best of times um and but it, it kind of worked and we all played games and then we kind of kicked off some leagues after that and it it, it kind of it was springboarded back into you know the the passion that i have for the game again um so that's where i ended up it's like the whole blood bowl story actually i was doing a bit of research just for just so i had my facts straight i know i knew most of them but i did a bit of research before this podcast and it's it's really quite an incredible journey i don't know like you know i don't do research for anything else um the way that that blood bowl has evolved throughout the years has been pretty impressive so uh, first Ed came out in 1986, so it's a fair couple of years ago, and it was oh, five. Let's talk about that. <laughs> it was it was a paper model game, so you had your little paper players that you moved around a pitch. Wards. Yeah. So Second Ed came out in '91, and they moved from the paperboard to polystyrene boards. So they came in three parts. You had your end zones and your middle section. Uh, they moved to miniatures. And the end zones, the, the way that the 
the three boards worked was really good because if you got two copies of the second ed boards, you could put them together in a cross formation so you could actually have four players playing at once, which is what we did you know, as a kids when we got into it. I've still got two copies of uh, second ed blood bowl just for those four boards because you know, there's nothing more fun than, than four players all running after one ball in the middle of the pitch. With Why sec- haven't we done this? Have we not? I don't we think have we not. have. We We've have talked not. about it. Now upset. Um, I've played. I have played multiple variations. So I've played four players with one ball. I've also played four players with four balls. Multi ball. <laughs> um, so second ed. Yeah, miniatures game. That's when it started becoming the thing that it is today. They had um, a dungeon ball expansion, which was basically a random dungeon instead of a, a pitch, uh, which had six chests in it, and one of which contained the ball. The other five chests were all traps. So you'd be running around this dungeon, opening up the chest, trying to find the ball, and then get the ball to the end zone which was the other side of the dungeon. And, of course, you could blow yourself up and it had teleportation spots that you step on and move to a different part. Pretty different. Um, They used standard D6s were for second head, so there was no special D6s. It was just 2D6 for most things. And they had two book expansions as well. So they brought in star players in the first book and things like cheerleaders and stuff in the second, I believe. But important thing to note is that during second ed, they had a, you have a couple of skills that each character has. You have your movement, you have your strength, your agility, your armor value. But in second ed, they had two other skills. They had a throwing skill and what they call a cool skill. And it was how much cool you had. And that, the best. that was used for like being under pressure, catching a ball, that sort of thing. Third ed kicked along in 1994, so only three years after that. And... That had a bit more simplified rules, uh, and they went to a cardboard pitch. And then there was a fourth ed, which came along in 2001. So they updated the rules, and they kept them as a PDF, which you could download. That then became what they called the living rule book. Uh, And this is the point that GW said, no, we're out. You know, specialist games is not what we want to concentrate on. We want to focus on 40K and fantasy. Um, Blood Bowl's done. So an online community that called themselves the NAF took over. They kept updating the rules. Um, They made more teams, so stuff like um, your corn teams and... Britannian, I think, were. Yep. Mm -hmm. They they kept it going from 2001 to 2016. Um, And they did a fantastic job. The community was huge even back then. they there were so many different third party companies making different miniatures and different teams for the game. Uh, it was doing really, really well, which is why in 2016 GW realized that they liked making money and decided to bring it back. So, this is the 2016 version. Um, it's mostly like the rules in the 2016 version were pretty spot on to the last edition of the Living Rule Book. So they didn't change an awful lot. 
I feel like that was a really good move on G-Dub's behalf mm-hmm. to not upset the existing, because they had a massive existing player base. Because realistically, a lot of the specialist games got the same treatment. They got squatted. Um, so Mordheim, mm-hmm. um, Epic, 40K, a lot of those. And they exist. Communities are still playing them. Mm-hmm. But Blood Bowl is probably the best example of a community just picking this up and running with it and growing it from where G-Dub left it rather than being these small pockets of, you know, old school players. Yeah. I mean, the NAF, which is your online community, they have, um, you know, yearly sponsorships as well, which you can join at something like 10 bucks US a year. Gets you access to, you know, the forums. They, they do competitions worldwide. They have rankings and, you know, awards for people that have, played tournaments as every single available team um but you also get like a little special gift each year for joining which is usually dice or tokens and stuff like that um they've done amazing work with it and they continue to do it it's uh it's just gw has decided you know this is something they want to keep going with and keep working on which is great you know it's... look and i think realistically gw picking up the game only improved the community because whilst the community was, you know, there and it was active and it was playing and stuff, it was kind of this it was secret the old squirrel. Yeah. Um, so Cheetah picking it up and making it mainstream, for want of a better term, again, injects a whole new generation of players. So realistically, there's there's mutual benefit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Look, um, I'm all for this. Uh, GW can do as much as they want to do with it. They've been bringing out new teams, uh, models for them. They've been bringing out uh, supplements every couple of months. They've been really, really getting behind it, which is good. And it's not to the point where it's, you know, restricting people. I think, you know, if if people are really upset with any changes that GW can make to this game, there's still... Living Rulebook Six or whatever the last one it was, and there's plenty of people that'll play that as well. Absolutely. So, I mean, Blood Bowl as a game. The other thing I, I probably want to call out is I was playing it for a bit, and the game is fun, and you know, it, 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 there's there's a whole host of reasons why it's an amazing game. But I got hold of a friend of mine lent me the Blood Bowl novels. Uh-huh. So yep. forever back, I don't know how old they are or when they were released, but there were a, a series of um, novels around Blood Bowl, um, and it follows the you know the, the career of one particular player from when he starts playing as a rookie, um, and then he goes through and he kind of plays a few seasons and becomes basically a veteran um, of, of the game, and then they go and they do you know other campaigns, they do Dungeon Bowl, they play the you know, Illustria, mm-hmm. um, and that is for some really light reading because it is turn the brain off style. It's written um, storytelling. the same aspect of the game itself. It's got that same really fun tone. Um, and, uh, you know, there's there's all those moments that happen in the games that they're describing that you can completely see happening during your own games mm-hmm. um, of Blood Bowl. And I, I think that was probably the piece that, that really, that last nail in the coffin for me that went, yeah, this game is 100% on board because you can see how, 
and it comes back to a few other games we talked about, those that invest in the the storyline and the background and everything as heavily as they invest in the game um, really sell the whole concept and that's that's what did it for me. So if you can find them, um, and I don't know if they're available in an ebook or anything, I haven't even looked, but worth worth trying to get a hand on. They're a bit old, but I think they're still around. You can usually track down copies. Um, I think there's, there's either three or four of them. Um, I believe I've got them all. They did some comics as well. So they did a whole comic, couple of comic series on Blood Bowl uh, as recent as maybe four or five years ago. So uh, there's definitely added extras, you know, adding to the world, so to speak. and the same with every GW rule book, like half of it is fluff and stories and fun content. It's not just rules. Um, there's some, there's some absolute, uh, you know, moments in those where, and even now that there's a, you know, a, a digital copy, like the, the PC slash Xbox slash PlayStation version of the game, um, even things like the commentary that you get throughout or the, the little facts that you get as they're loading, there is a real tone to the game that if you appreciate, they are 100% on point. There's a lot of humour in it. You know, even the fact that you, know, you can get people on your team bringing chainsaws on the pitch, um, dwarven death rollers, goblins on pogo sticks. Like they, The humour is so there in this game and it's it's just permutates throughout every single aspect of it Talk. Uh, do you want to go through sort of base mechanics, how the game works, apart from, I mean, you've kind of gone through the, the start of how the game is structured, mm-hmm. but probably the thing that makes it different to a lot of G-Dub games is, A, it has a board, that board has squares in it, so suddenly that defines how you move, there's none of this sort of measure yep. situation, um, so that's probably one of the key differences. Um, like a lot of the old G-Dub games and a lot of the specialist games that uses some special dice. So for some stuff, you use a D6 as per normal, mm-hmm. um, but they have what's called block dice. Um, and block dice are used when you want to hit someone. Yes. Um, it's blood bowl, so you'd want to do that a lot, generally. Um, and that basically ranges from you knock the person down and your block is successful and you may then break through their armor and you may do anything from nothing to kill them. Um because that's the kind of game this is. Uh, you may just give them a little nudge in the right direction. Um, so you might just give them a push, or you may completely screw that up and put yourself on the pitch. 
and in turn break your armor and in turn maybe die. Um, so there is a, a real level of risk and reward. <laughs> there really is. And, and this is one game, and we say it a lot when we're playing, um, no matter what you're playing, no matter who you're playing as, what sort of team, doesn't matter who you're playing against, at some point in the game, the dice are going to screw you up. Like It's just inevitable. And it's hilarious. It is. And it's probably the piece that when you were saying that it's the, the two-player game that doesn't get you too competitive or, you know, feels like there's too much, I think this is why. And um, Pip, Pip summed this up for me really, really well a while ago. Now he goes, when you play Blood Bowl, you play against two opponents. You play against the person sitting opposite the table and you play against the game because they are both out to screw you. Um, and they will at some stage in every single game and that's kind of the joy of it. You it can... is. Um, and it also, it's an easy game to pick up the basics of, but you really can tell who has played it for a while, who has, like, the more you play it, the more you grasp this idea. And basically you'll see that that people that have been playing this for a while will do everything they can on their turn. Not to roll a dice. Not to roll a dice. And, like, the dice will be the last sort of couple of efforts, unless it's like a, you know... Hail Mary. Effort to stop a touchdown or try and get a touchdown or something like that. It's it's that's basically the name of it. Um, and it's looks also one of those games I find that again the base mechanics are relatively simple. You can move, you can pick up the ball, you can throw the ball, you can hit someone. That's about it. Mm-hmm. Um, there are you know some extra fun things like if you happen to be a troll, you might want to throw up another player at the player. Mm-hmm. Um. They may have the Which ball. Case, you may... It's always a chance that you're going to eat that player instead. Yeah, this is this is how it plays out. Um, but it starts becoming the, the the level of tactics in there. Once you start digging under that, are actually really impressive. Um, you know, if I have two guys trying to hit your one guy, the odds are better for me. Um, or I might be able to dictate where I push your model to because it limits the number of squares they can go into and all those kind of things. And then I can push this player into that player to create some space over here to do a thing over it. Like you can start doing these kind of chained or advanced kind of plays out of it. And so what I really enjoy about it is it still rewards the experienced player most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, until the game decides it doesn't like them. Um, so it, it you never get to that stage where you can play too seriously. Yeah. Or if you want to do that, this is not the game. This is flat out not the game for you because the the dice, you when you play like 40K and stuff or a lot of those kind of big games, you're throwing 100 dice or you're throwing 20 dice and they tend to average out because you're throwing 20 dice. Most of the time here you're throwing one or two dice. Um, so the result, you know, three if you're lucky, right? Or really unlucky. Um, so that's kind of the kicker. The The dice are really, really swingy because on 20 dice, I might roll a couple of ones and a couple of twos and a whole bunch of fours kind of deal and maybe a couple of sixes. On one dice, it's one chance to get a one or a six or something else. 
and the level of ass-clenching tension that you get because of that, um, it's one dice and the result really, really matters because that's the difference between your guy making a, an amazing play and scoring a touchdown or just dropping the ball on his foot and getting hit by someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of tension. And the other thing is like there's, there's skills in the game as well. So not only – so your team has – different um, positions and each position will have like different stats and different skills. But as you progress with your players, as they do things such as score touchdowns or injure players or throw completed passes, they're going to earn star player points and eventually they're going to get skills. Um, So there's a real attachment to some of your players, especially if they start leveling up quite well that becomes a whole different tactic is trying to work out what sort of skills to give somebody, what sort of um, role you want that person to play in the game. Because two people with the same position on the same team might be skilled up in completely different ways and do different things. They become individuals and you get really attached to them. And that is in turn another moment of tension because they can die. They can die. And very easily. Currently in the 2016 version, they can die quite easily. It's really, it's, it's once they get injured, um, it's a one in six chance they're dead. That's the best. <laughs> um, and like, let, let's take it a step further. You start playing in, you know, you're playing in a league, so you're progressing. And, and that's kind of the other half of this is you are building a team and they're, they're all getting better and stuff like this. And you're playing against the same opponents. League has a uh, a mechanic where you can put bounties on players. If you decide you don't like somebody's player, they've got this amazing elven catcher who has all of these skills and is completely impossible and basically wins the game by himself. I'm going to take some of the gold from my treasury that I could buy players and things for. I'm not going to spend it on that. I am going to give it to whoever <laughs> kills this bastard. Um and you start watching the targets appear and uh, the game gets a little bit more interesting. <laughs> it's it's crazy. Like, there's just – I love every aspect of this game, you know, the skilling up, the, the different – every team is different. An elf team is going to be running rings around you and dodging away and um, scoring touchdowns galore. And a chaos team is going to beat you into a bloody pulp. And then if, when you've got three players left on the, t- on the side – they're just going to walk in for an easy touchdown. Like there's so much variety in the teams and the way that each one works. And the real nail, the thematics, like each team plays the way that you would expect it to play. Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely. And I mean, we're talking about the two extremes there between like the elves and the chaos, but a dwarf team is not very fast, is very strong and tends to just slowly grind its way up the field and bore the shit out of an opponent until it scores. Um, Whereas, you know, you've got these other teams like, I would take the Lizardmen as an example, who are a really mixed bag between these Hidisaurus and really fast, runny little skinks. Um, so there's a really good, like, again, thematic way that each of the team just naturally plays. And yes, you can mess with that a little bit and you can tailor it. Um, you can just play goblins where you just put a whole bunch of players on the pitch and they just, you know, use dirty tricks and secret weapons and chainsaws and wrecking balls to try and murder stuff until they get sent off. Um, or you can play ogres who basically stand there and 
do nothing. <laughs> With there are various big guys that you can get for most teams. So your ogres, your croxagors for the lizards, your minotaurs, rat ogres, trolls, and they've all like they're all big and tough and and hit hard and do other things like throw their teammates around. Um, but they've all got negatives as well. Yeah. So with all the big guys, there's there's basically a mechanic with all of them, and it's slightly different depending on which one. Where you, when you decide you want to activate that model, um, you roll a dice, and generally, the, the the way it plays out is if you you know roll a two or more, they're fine. Um, it changes slightly for the troll, for example. It needs to have a player next to it. Otherwise, that becomes a four plus because he needs a little goblin to, to remind him what he's supposed to be doing. Um, or a miniature yeah. needs to be hitting somebody. Otherwise, it needs a four or more. Yeah. You know, exactly. Like that. Like, they're, they're, they make sense. They're thematic. They're flavory. They're whatnot. But if you roll a one, that player does nothing. Um, they're looking stupid. And there's, again, all kinds of flavor text and whatnot for this. And some of them just, they even lose their ability to tackle players running past them. Um, so there is, again, an inherent risk. And it's a one in six chance every time you do it. And if you activate them for every turn for 16 turns of the game, you will fail some of those and they will be at the most important time. Um, because the dice will hate you. Oh, fuck this game. It's the best. Um, you can't take it too seriously. You, you've got to know that things are going to go against you and it's going to be at the worst time, but things are going to go against your opponent at the worst time for them too. And <laughs> it becomes uh, who can mitigate the risk the best sometimes. Or other times just not. Like there are times where at that first kickoff, the crowd will decide to throw a rock. And it will hit your Minotaur, and your Minotaur will die. Yeah. This is... Blood Bowl is the equivalent of Roman Colosseums as far as crowds go. Like, the crowds get involved. They get really excited about their teams. If you push somebody on the other side, or if one of your guys gets pushed into the crowd, the crowd will beat the crap out of them. Um, it's, it's hilarious in every way, shape, and form. So, look, that's a lot of why you should definitely play this. I mean, I suppose there are some definite reasons you should not. And one of those is if you really like a fair, equal, balanced game where the odds make sense. And look, honestly, I think this is a fair, equal and balanced game because the the game screws everyone equally. But if you don't like that kind of wacky random element coming in at the worst possible time and just kicking you right between the legs, if you can't enjoy that, maybe don't play Blood Bowl. It's, Blood Bowl's been going for that long. It's had this many iterations. It's got another iteration coming up this year. So in November, roughly November, we're, we're thinking this year, uh, Blood Bowl 2020 is going to come out and they're changing a lot in it. They've, they've updated a lot of rules. Um, it's everything I'm hearing sounds like a lot of fun, but it's been going for this long. It's, it's popular. It's, it's got a bit of something for a lot of people. 
the negative that I can see is that sometimes, especially if you're starting out, games can go for a while. Completely. Um, and I will say that the base mechanic is pretty, pretty simple. The it, The depth of the game actually takes a little bit to get a handle of. And if you are playing with experienced players, because most of Blood Bowl players are either brand new or pretty experienced, mm-hmm. um, there is a pretty big difference and and random elements or not it takes a little bit to get to get that so i mean i'm also really aware of new players coming into the game just having their ass handed to them for three or four games and going well this isn't any fun um and that's up to that's up to the opponents too (laughs) if you find people that are willing to teach you the game and have a bit of fun like it's, I, yeah, I, I, I don't mind winning games. I would much prefer that everybody has a bit of fun. Um, I have gone out of my way in Blood Bowl games, like more than any other game I've gone out of my way and, and helped my opponent, um, you know, said, okay, that's what you're thinking about doing. What about if you did it in this way? Yeah. And then that's turned into a touchdown against me, but it, as far as I'm concerned, the more, the more more fun I have, the more fun my opponent's having, the more likely I am to get another player. Look, the other, the other piece is is I really enjoy almost the problem-solving element in Blood Bowl in that there's only a fixed amount of things that you can do. So sometimes you're in a situation where you go, right, there's no possible way that I can score. And I've had opponents do that, go, all right, well, there's this many turns left in the game. I can't possibly score it, so there's no point me trying. And at that point in time, if I can see a way for them to score, I can't help but go, all right, it's not easy, but here's how it could possibly happen. And and actually trying to unpick that problem of going, right, what do I need to do? This player is two squares away, so I need to somehow move him two squares closer to the end zone before he activates. So he can't walk there. So I need someone else to push him two squares, which means I need people in all the other squares because I need him to push this way, not that way. And it starts getting really mind bendery, but it's yeah, that that problem solving element. As far as as far for me. Like it's so much fun when you work something like that out and you go, wait a minute, if I do this and do this and do this and do this, then that's, you know, as long as the dice don't fail me, that's going to score. And being able to pick that not only for yourself, but for your opponent is is so much fun. Like I have laughed my head off when, and something happened. We, we run a season fairly regularly. What something happened, I think it was last season. And, uh, one of our, our guys was playing goblins against me. He's like, oh, you know, well, good game. I'm like, actually, if you do this, 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 and this, as long as you roll this and this and this, you can do this and score. And that ended up being, uh, and he did it. Like, he's like, oh, my God, okay, I'll give that a go. And everything worked for, perfectly for him, and it ended up, I think it was either a draw or a win in his favor. But just being able to see those those plays yeah. is amazingly fun. Yeah, it gives you it does give you these moments of looking through the matrix. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's probably 
and I mean, the, the other piece is for Blood Bowl because it has these moments, right? It gives you these really cinematic yes. moments. So, I mean, and even to the point where even the stuff that fails, fails in such an epic fashion. Um, so one of the base mechanics, everyone has a movement value, right? So you might be able to move six squares. Every single player can choose to try and move an extra square. And you roll a dice. And if you roll anything that is not a one, it's fine. And if you roll a one, you fall over in that square and you may die. Um, Every player can do that two times. So theoretically, there is a one in six chance every time you do that that you might fall over, but there's a five in six chance that you'll be perfectly fine. So what it means is if I have a player who is movement six and eight squares away from the end zone and he has the ball, I can move up and then I can, what's called, go for it. A little push, depending on who you're talking to. I roll a dice. It's not a one. I'm one square away from the end zone. And what I have now is possibly the most likely I will ever be to roll a one ever. Um, because I need to roll anything but a one to get my guy into the end zone, score a touchdown, and win the game. The chances of me now rolling a one on a six-sided dice that only has a single one is almost about 80%. And even um, if you have a re-roll, I think it's close to 80% of getting a one. Oh, it, it goes up to like, yeah, an 82% chance of success, I think. Uh, or, you know, an 80 you know, 2% chance of failure. So, but what you watch is these moments of you go clench and then something happens or like he trips over because a player who runs past trips him down and, and this kind of stuff happens. Um, equally, those moments where your tiny little halfling decides that he needs to, 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 you know, get vengeance, go and punch a troll. And there is a more than likely chance that he's going to try and punch a troll and he's going to end up on his little halfling ass. Um, but every once in a while, <laughs> the dice just come out of your way. Doesn't stop a lot of us trying that. <laughs> Believe it or not, you might be rolling two or even three dice and having your opponent choose the result out of those three dice. But yes, it's just got to be done sometimes and it's so much fun. Whatever the result. Um, so, and look, that that is the other game that we've been playing in isolation because there is an electronic format. There is. There, is, uh, there was Blood Bowl 1, which came out a number of years ago, which was fairly similar to the game, but didn't just didn't quite get it right. But Blood Bowl 2 came out, again, quite a number of years ago now, but... Is is almost identical to the game in every way, shape, and form. I think it is pretty much the the game as it's played on the tabletop converted into a you know PC slash Xbox game. Which which for PC gamers or Xbox gamers that aren't war gamers is probably weird, Um, but yes, I know. When I first loaded up Blood Bowl One, I hadn't played the game in a number of years, and I was. It took me a long time to work out what was going on and where I was going wrong. <laughs> if if you fail, basically, if you fail any dice roll, your turn is over and it goes straight to your opponent. 
and I'd forgotten that rule. <laughs> so when I first started playing Blood Bowl One on, on the Xbox, I was like, wait, I've got things to do. Like, why is it his turn? Yeah. Which is why you've, you know, you've got to learn to mitigate those roles as much as possible. So, anyway. Uh, no, that, that's that's kind of the fun bit. And there is a, a digital equivalent that we can play at the moment. Um, a, a few people that uh, have got Xboxes have formed just a little mini sort of league. Um, very casual. It's happening every once in a while. There's no schedule. Anyone just plays anyone whenever the hell they can get around to it. Um, so we've managed a few games in, which is keeping me a little bit sane, a little bit into into some games as well as just uh, hobby. Um, it's, yeah, it's it's that being able because it's so almost dead on to the to the board game. It feels like we're gaming, yes. like proper gaming. Um, because all of those have a chat function as well, you can still you know heckle your opponent. And and have riotous ball fits of laughter when things don't work. Yeah. No matter who it is. So, yeah, I mean, we put this league together. Uh, Pip was the one that, that decided to get it all rolling. We've got yourself, myself, Pip, a uh, gentleman lethal from the uh, Hobby Homies uh, Discord, and uh, Jake, who yeah. I don't think's actually managed to fit a game in yet, but well, that's it's fine. So, what are you playing in the league? So, I am playing High Elves, and this was a little, probably a little bit sneaky. So, High Elves are probably the next team I had lined up for a tabletop league, and I wanted to see what they were like, how they played. Um, so, I thought I'd, I'd throw them on the table. Um, turns out they play like elves, who would have thought? Uh, <laughs> they don't like getting hit, but they run away pretty good. They do. They they manage to dodge away from other players better, usually better than most other teams. Uh, so that's me. You're playing. I'm playing undead. So the necromantic undead, which is uh, a little bit different. That's normal, yeah, your normal undead has you know skeleton zombies, uh, mummies, I believe. Um, I'm playing the necromantic, which has I've got uh, two flesh golems. I've got two werewolves. Uh, two ghouls, two whites, and a couple of zombies. So it's a it's a little bit of everything. Similar to yourself, I joined a you know going back to speak about the the third parties creating miniatures. I jumped onto a Kickstarter a number of months back, which had some amazing undead models for Blood Bowl, and they are being made i should get them you know all things considered hopefully about february next year so again i wanted to try out the necromantic so i have some sort of idea when those models come to me how that how to play this team because the first game i was like i know what my guys do but i don't know what i should be doing with them exactly so plus you know werewolves yeah and they are the best player like yes, they are such, fun. <laughs> such a, a fun player um i suppose the the jokes on us both though because by the time we end up playing a tabletop league again we'll be in blood bowl 2020 and none of what we know will matter well you know the things things are changing the teams are changing there is a you know passing skills coming back for instance but the teams themselves are generally not 
changing too much. I think the main main difference with Necromantic and Blood Bowl 2020 is going to be that the whites are now um, rates. rates, so they won't be able to pick up the ball, but they'll have different rules. And uh, the whites, generally, an undead team is going to use to hit somebody rather than pick up the ball. Yeah, look, so there's some minor changes. I, I, I actually think that there's probably another entire episode talking about addition change and, and some of these things. Oh, um, we've rambled on for, what is it, like 70 minutes about Blood Bowl, and we could keep going. Yeah, this is this is something, If in case you hadn't noticed, if you've gotten this far, like, we're kind of passionate about this game. It's it's. This is a good one, guys. This is This is the game that we want to play with you. Anyway, so the league... Yeah, that and Naked Twister, but also this. Well, you know, why not both? Um, so you, when we played, you had played Pip already. Now, Pip was playing... Pip took a Norse team, mm-hmm. mainly because he wanted to name them... Uh, what did he call them? We don't play nice, we play Norse. Mm-hmm. Which is a quote from one of the... If you've seen the epic rap battles in history... YouTube clips. Mm-hmm. Um, there is one there that is Odin versus, I don't know, it's one of those mythical god ones, yep. and that's a line from that rap, and he decided that needed to be a team name. Um, Fair enough. So Plus that's where that came from. Norse team. Yes. <laughs> um, and Frenzy, and actually I really like the Norse team as well. I don't own them yet. That's a problem. Um, Not for long. Yeah, well, we know this. I have have plans. The plan is to actually convert a couple of extra players for my Kislev team Mm -hmm. um, so I can run it both as Norse or Kislev. Great idea. Uh, I thought so. So that's happening. Lee, um, Lethal is playing the old trusty Orcs. So Orcs, you know, for, for new players, Orcs is one of the better teams to start out with. You know, they do, they can do a bit of throwing. They don't catch overly well, but they can hit a lot and they've got good armor. So they, they're really forgiving on mistakes too. So they're a really good starting team. Um, Lee and I had played our first game and managed to... I, kept that uh got a one nil victory over him mainly because the ball ended up in the second half being picked up by the his troll which is unusual because they're not very good for ball handling and you want your troll to be hitting people so and i managed to you know get it to a point where in the last round of the game he needed to walk his troll in and he, I stuck a couple of guys next to him, so he needed to dodge away. He couldn't hit somebody and move on. He wouldn't have enough movement. He needed to dodge, and trolls dodging is generally yeah. about as good as them picking up the ball. Yeah. But it was a good game, lots of fun. It was epic. I dove in because um, you can spectate, it turns out, on, on players' games. So I jumped on and watched the, the second half of this play out or at least the last quarter of this play out and I literally jumped on and I'm sort of trying to work out what's happened so far and where the ball is and what's going on and I, all of a sudden I realised this troll has the ball and I'm like, why the actual 
hell does this troll have the ball? What is going on here, guys? What mental craziness is this? Um, and, you know, the second I jumped on, both you guys were just piercing yourselves laughing <laughs> about everything that had gone on. There was one little zombie standing in the middle of the pitch that was just creating havoc for everyone else. Um, <laughs> it just happened to be in the right place at the right time. And the, the troll got the ball. I, basically what happened is I think one of us had the ball. It was either me or him. Uh, and they, the ball carrier got hit and knocked down. And so the ball drops and bounces. And then it bounced onto somebody who couldn't catch it. I think it, uh, it might have bounced to the troll first who couldn't catch it. And then, of course, it bounces off the troll. And I think it bounced onto the body again and bounced to somebody else who couldn't catch it. And eventually, on like the third or fourth bounce, bounced back to the troll who'd somehow managed to catch it. And and this is one of the joys of Blood Bowl, right? So if you don't catch the ball, the ball bounces off you to another a randomly determined square. If there's somebody in that, they get a chance to catch it. Otherwise, it bounces off them. Um, there might be somebody, you know, laying down in that square because they've been knocked out. The ball bounces off them. So it can end up in a very random location. But the other joy here is a six always succeeds. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how hard it is. It doesn't matter if it would be impossible for you to make this catch. So if you just happen to be a troll and the ball happens to bounce to you and there's, you know, you're surrounded by other players, that does not matter if you roll a six. You just pull it out of your ass. Um, Which is what happened. Is generally, I mean, sometimes it can be good to have a troll with the ball. Sometimes not. Look, the amount of time the ball's bounce around and I'm like, oh, please don't catch it. Please, please, please don't catch it. <laughs> ah, well. But that no, game. It was a fun game. It was so much fun to, to, to watch and be a part of. Um, so I'm coming off a, a win from him. You, I played him directly after. So he, he was so... What happened with the game with you and Pip? Was that a... Uh, with, with me and Pip, Pip got up. I think that was either a 2-1 or a 1-0 win to Pip. Um, turns out elves don't like getting punched is the moral of the story. Um, and Pip is particularly good at formulating a plan and sticking to it. Mm-hmm. I tend to find opportunities and just wing it and hope. Um, whereas sometimes that plays out. And he basically decided that if he had numbers by the second half, then he could score more than I could by the second half. And he just systematically murdered my guys. Um, which which ironically is, is the best way to play against elves. It, it turns right, out that's, every a, time. that's a pretty good, pretty good option. Um, so, look, elves are still elves. They can do bullshit elf things. So he still ended up on the scoreboard. So it must have been a 2-1. He scored sort of late in the, the second half um, to clinch that one. So I was coming off a loss there. Literally played lethal straight after your game. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't even know what time it was, but he was like, "I'm I'm still keen. If you want to stay, it's going to take you know an hour and a half because time turns are an awesome thing when you're in a, you know, when you want to go to bed at some stage." Mm-hmm. Um, and so we played directly after, and pretty much the same level of hilarity ensued in that I'm relatively sure the troll ended up with the ball in the second half. Um, <laughs> At some point there, but um, yeah, I I managed to do more elf bullshit than I should be allowed to, do. and it, I, I I discovered that so you can hit any player that 
you're standing next to. Mm-hmm. And then once per turn, one of your guys can move somewhere and also hit someone. So elves are pretty good at getting or moving away and dodging away, which is an agility check. And because they're agile, it's, it's good. Um, they're pretty good at it. So my turns would involve me doing all the things that I needed to do that turn. And then all of my players just take a step backwards. So they're not standing next to an orc. So the orcs can't hit them. Um, that happened a lot. I mean, some of them fell over and broke ankles and whatnot. And I'm sure that's fine. But if they didn't step back and fall over, they would have been knocked down by the orcs probably. Exactly. So, you know, Kesara. Um But between that and a little bit of, you know, elf bullshittery, I managed, I think that was a 2-1 win. Anyway, something like that. Um, so that's now a win and a loss. And then we could have came in shortly after that sometime. I don't know when. It wasn't long. It might have been like a day or two after. So it wasn't long after anyway. Um, so yeah, undead versus elves, um, pretty much. I mean, I've taken a couple of notes. I haven't taken an awful lot, so I don't have an awful lot of notes about the, uh, what happened each turn or anything like that, but funny, funny things. Basically, you know, I ended up kicking off to you first off and the first turn, I think you did, you needed like, you were dodging away and you had two failed two-plus dodges. Yep. So it started going in my favour. Those dice started going in my favour pretty quickly. And then on my first turn, my werewolf legged it up the field and grabbed the ball that you failed to pick up. And by turn three, we were both out of re-rolls. So <laughs> you, yeah, you managed to... That's when no one's friend that game. <laughs> Not at all. Um, but what's the point of having re-rolls if you don't use them, really? So... You know, elves did the usual thing. The werewolves went down. You scored in turn five of the first turn, the first half, rather. Mm-hmm. And by the eighth turn of the first half, I I think I needed a, a push. Yeah, I needed a push on a blitz. So I needed to, I was blitzing one of your guys. I needed to push him to score, and I got a both down. Yeah. So I wasn't able to capitalize and get the, the tying touchdown at that point so we went into um the second half one nil to you the downside here is um at this point in time i'm now kicking the ball to you so yes. you start with the ball um, yeah it's it's all fair and love and blood ball i mean it, it is but i didn't like it yeah second half more hilarity, it was, you know, we just pretty much traded blows. We we had failed dodges. We had failed blitzes and hits. And, you know, we were sort of – I had the ball because you kicked to me and I was basically trying to – my guys, the undead, quite a few of them are really good movers. So we're talking movement six, movement seven, movement eight, I think. And so I was trying to sort of tie you up on one half and then run the ball around to the other side. And it was working to the point that that's what I was managing to do, but then you would get by and put people in the way on that half, so I'd have to try and go back the other way. I eventually got a ghoul in for a touchdown on turn 15, and which was my turn 15. So on your turn 15, I'm kicking to you, giving you two turns to score, which is very possible for elves. Mm-hmm. 
The kickoff, every time you kick off the ball, you roll 2d6 and a random event will happen, uh, which adds to the hilarity of Blood Bowl. And these things could be, you know, you might get an extra turn for the kicking team. You might, you know, people might get to reorganize their position. You one of your guys suddenly catch the ball or, the, you know, you might get extra rerolls or the crowd may throw rocks. Yep. In this particular chance, uh, there was a riot. So it was your turn 15, and a riot basically means that the crowd's going mad. And if you are on the last turn of either half, you move, you get an extra turn. Both teams get an extra turn. If you're not on the last turn of either half, you lose a turn, which meant that your turn 15 then became, yeah, became. 16, so you had one turn to score. That is not a thing I could do. No, uh, especially when... Um, I think oh, I can't remember exactly what happened, but you were trying to do something. I think you were trying to punch with a journeyman, and a journeyman is somebody that's just joined your team to make up numbers because some of your guys might be injured for the for the game. And but a journeyman has difficulty using team rerolls, and so I think what it, what it came down to, I think you tried to punch somebody, you rolled two skulls, and then failed the learner. Yeah, and, and couldn't re-roll it. So that that died pretty quickly. Look, as it was, I wasn't scoring since we're at turn 16. Yep. Um, I had no chance of one turn touchdown. Um, I suppose the only other thing that I... The thing that got me with, with your team is I found that I was able to stall you getting up the the table it was sort of up the board um towards the end zone but i you had whoever was carrying the ball holding the ball and basically surrounded by four guys to stop me being able to hit the ball carrier and what i was really struggling with with the elves and what i really need to think about is how i start breaking down those kind of really defensive cagey teams that just slowly grind their way up the pitch. You can slow them down, but when you're a little elf, that's, that's a pretty, you know, scary wall of death coming towards you. And a lot of teams will do that sort of thing. Like your punchier teams who are generally beefier and will hit harder will be slower. So they will try and cage the ball up, put many guys around their ball carrier and slowly walk the ball upfield. I was able, because of the speed of my team, I was able to move that cage around quite consistently, but still couldn't quite... Yeah, you couldn't quite bust out and and get around, and I couldn't quite stop you. Um, So it was pretty cagey, and beyond that, and me just jumping on your werewolves. (laughs) You took great pleasure in trying to take my werewolves out both of them were off the field by i don't know maybe turn 12 or something yeah. um, luckily none of them got injured so i don't have any you know ongoing so, issues you know additional fun things that you can do you can foul uh, a player so if a player's been knocked down they're they're you know laying on their back on the pitch you can kick them um there's a chance that you will do greater injury to them and maybe send them off for the game, the pitch. You may injure them. You may kill them. Um, alternatively, the referee may see you and you might get sent off. You might still kill them. You might not. Who doesn't matter? So, you know, it's, it's a real risk and reward play. Um, you may also be able to bribe that referee to let you stay on. So you kind of see where the, the thematics of the game is going. But um, 
I decided that those werewolves, being that they are movement eight, were not worth having on the pitch, and I was willing to risk a little elves too, getting <laughs> sent off to make sure that they were not around. Look, yeah, I love those werewolves. They're a bit of fun, but I've still got to work out how to use them properly because they, I mean, they're they're the punchier guys. So they they are movement eight. They're um, depends how you skill them. Yeah, true, but. You know, to skill them, they need to be on the field and doing stuff, and you manage to get them off the field pretty easily. <laughs> so, but yeah, overall, good game, lots of fun, lots of hilarity. On a draw, so I'm on a win, a loss, and a draw. I, mm. I'm literally, you know, dead even at this point in time. Um, and that puts you on a win and a draw. And have you played Pip yet? No, I haven't. So, have a look. I've just got the game on at the moment so i'm just having a quick look while we chat i can see yeah one one all you and me zero one the only thing i find with with blood bowl 2 is that some of the menus are a little bit hard to work out so this you can go into the um you can go into the league two different ways and one of them gives you more information than the other, which is a bit annoying. For fuck's sake. Um, I also do love the way that the the game on the Xbox captures all the statistics. So mm-hmm. it goes through and it t- shows you, you know, what percentage uh, of the time you had the ball or, you know, what the who did the most damage or who ran the most, you know, the furthest and, and all that kind of, you know, those kind of sports statistics. But it's fun because we're talking about, Nerds and dice are not actual sports. Like it's, they give you um, replays as well, so you can watch over the games. You can jump in like you did and watch other games. It's 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 really good in that in that regard. the The new edition of Blood Bowl for the for the miniatures game was kind of teased by. Um, the guys who who create the digital version um, because they said that their new game was coming out in 2020 to coincide with GW's release. And everyone went, hang on, GW's release. What are you talking about? Why are you touching our game? Yes. Uh, Yeah. So currently it looks like, looks like Jack has left because there's only four coaches here. Unless it's just listing the the ones that have actually played, so yeah, Lee's got one loss, uh, one win, no draws, no losses. Um, my necromantic team, no, also known as Dead Girls Don't Say No, which is a cradle of filth quote, uh, is on one win, one draw. <laughs> not, not a life motto, just to be not really clear. Motto, no, but I do have it on a t shirt. So whether I wear that t shirt or not is another question. Uh, you're on one, one and one, and then Lee's on two losses, but you know, both of which were hilarious games because I did watch yours as well. And he's now at a stage where he's just determined to have a troll score a touchdown. Yeah, damn that's now his goal for the, the entirety of this league. Um, and if nothing else happens, he will be a happy creature. It's, yeah. And Lee, like, you know, met him through the, the Hobby Homies Discord and gold of a guy you know really fun to play really down to earth really good so yeah would make eye contact um (laughs) like that eh? wow anyway lockdown's got me going (laughs) (laughs) oh it's late i'm losing my mind anyway 
Any other comments on the game, Jacks? I think that is that is probably the game. And I'll probably do for a new one in another one soon. Yes, um, yes. That, that's my talking about it. It's gotten me motivated for another one. So yeah. I'm trying to work out who else we can con into the league now. Um, so who's got if you have an Xbox and you want to play Blood Bowl, oh, I, think, I think realistically, I when we played because I had the the copy of the game on the disc. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it stopped working. I got scratched a high howl or something. I blame my child. Um, I, I bought it again and just re-downloaded it for 30 bucks with with everything and just went, right, well, I'm in now. We're going to play again. And I don't even care that this cost me another 30 bucks. Um, well, I bought it I bought it on, on disc when it came out, like on launch, getting like the metal cover for it and all, all the rest. Sound like you. Yeah, no, no, I definitely did. <laughs> um, but then you know, a couple of months back, maybe a year ago, they had a sale on Xbox and like the, the version with all the DLC that they'd released after that. So every single team was like 20 or 30 bucks. So I'm like, fuck it, I'll just buy it again. You know, it's cheaper than buying the team separately was to buy a digital copy of the game with all the teams that I didn't have. And I think I downloaded like half the DLC before then anyway. Yeah. It's not an expensive one. So if you have an Xbox and you want to play Blood Bowl, generally after 8 p.m. of the weeknight. Um, <laughs> Once the kids are down. Hit us up. It is game time. Um, after COVID, you know, God knows when that is going to be. We, Jason and I do run a local Geelong Blood Bowl league. We are in season three still because we have two games to go. Literally, it's the final, semi-final. The final and the playoff for third uh, for season three, and then we're going to be hitting season four. So as soon as COVID is done, we're going to be itching for some more Blood Bowl. We are going to be itching for new players. If you want to have fun, we don't take it too seriously. Look us up. We are the Fisty Cuffs uh, Blood Bowl League. So... F I S T Y C U F S dot com if you want to have a look at, at the website. By then, I'm guessing that the 2020 rules will be out. So, yeah. We'll have no idea what we're doing. We'll have no idea what we're doing again, and it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. If you want a, a shits and giggles game that, you know, might, you know, your first couple of games may take up to about three hours if you've got. Yeah, especially if you've got two newer players playing against each other. But if you just want a game, you know, hit us up. We are more than happy to demo the game and have a bit of fun. And I think, did I see some conversation around us running like a multiple demo game? As soon as COVID's over, we, I think we have three play, three people in, in the Hobby Homies Discord that are interested in playing and we'll... Yeah, we can get that going and just have a bit of fun. Yeah, like yeah, um, this it's such it's such a fun little game. Um, just yeah, if you if if anything that we've said tonight has made you slightly interested, hit us up. We're more than happy to run you through anything. There will probably be more episodes that involve Light Bowl because, as you can see, it's one of the games that we 
feel a little bit passionate about and we actually may know just a fraction um, <laughs> as opposed to the general shit that we talk when we owe absolutely nothing. So um, it'll touch back up. I probably do want to touch on in another episode the new season and just all of the um, feelings that that brings up and uh, <laughs> what I'm looking forward to and what, you know, what has happened since then, mm-hmm. um, why the internet is a bad place and should be avoided. Um, but that is blood bowl. Get amongst it is the moral of the story. And then the other thing is too, that, that blood bowl, uh, GW did release, admittedly, they only released it overseas in the US and I think in Germany, a game called Blitz Bowl, which is a very simplified version. You're using, you know, maybe six players tops. Um, it's got cards. It's slightly different, but the theme of it's still there. I do have a copy of that and, and we will be no doubt talking yes. about that at some point. That will happen as well. And there is a Blitz Bowl 2 coming out as well. So, I see. Also, yeah. Noble exclusive, jerks. I know, I know. But I may work something out and get a copy of that as well. <laughs> we'll talk. Excellent. Um, so, in this bright and wonderful, shiny land of rainbows and sunshine and chocolate that is COVID, what's going on? Anything happening that we can talk about? Um, I don't, there's nothing really that I can think of too much. The guff, like I said, I, way back at the start of this episode, I painted a, a Wormspat team for for the guff painting competition. If you jump on Guff Geelong's um, Facebook page, you'll be able to see a copy of that. Can you still vote for it? I believe so. Um, mine yeah. is. Number one. One, um, don't feel like you need to vote for mine because Absolutely it is Absolutely not... feel like you need to vote for it. That's a requirement of listening to this podcast. You've signed now a social contract to say that you will vote number one in the Guff at home painting competition. There are, there are so many better ones than mine. But if you want to have a look at it, I mean, I'll, I'll check some posts on the um There's, on there's a cool entry, so right. I, I yeah, would recommend yeah. just having a look at, at the different stuff people have done. I was planning on putting in the Titans, but I didn't realize what the date was. And it turned out I primed them like two days before it ended. Um, Plenty of time for you. I was, I was optimistic, but not. No. <laughs> um, so that is going on. Uh, Richard throw the dice has another hobby challenge competition going on. This one involves using sprue somehow in whatever you create it doesn't really matter what it is but you have to somehow use some of your sprue from that you've left over from making stuff and and make something as part of whatever you enter that is as loose and you know open as everything is as long as it needs to involve that um quick shout out to dale who won his last uh competition the the diorama one with a teddy with an amazing first Ed Malifaux Teddy piece. It's creepy as hell. But he, where this all came from is he made the window frame in this diorama just from some sprue he had laying around. Ah, is that the inspiration? And Rich went, that was cool. I want everybody to do something with sprue. That's a great idea for a hobby challenge. And that's where that came from. So that is currently a thing. 
Mm-hmm. I can't remember when it goes, but the Throw the Dice Facebook page has all that information. Um, there's probably some Guff events that the uh, Guff um, G Dub events that they're running. I think there's a conversion challenge or something. I'm not entirely sure, but yeah, a lot of it's stay at home hobby. It's it's all got to be stay at home hobby. I mean, yeah, I think Guff have pretty much. I've uh, got half their section closed off. Have you been into GW recently? I have not been into town. Yeah, pretty much. You can get about two steps into GW before you're fenced off by by tables. Like they're being really, really good with the whole distancing thing, but like there's no room for, for doing anything. Um, no, in fact, I think um, one of the guys went in to grab some stuff and – I had my diorama from his last thing that I entered, which was before the first lockdown, was still there because I entered it. It like we all got locked down a week later, so I never got to pick it up. Um, and yeah, Chris was going in and he picked it up for me. I have not been into G Dub since you know March, whenever it was that we got locked down. Yeah, I went in recently. I think yeah, no, I I bought the Skaven Warcry cards for them. I think I said guff at the start. Maybe I'm, no, but I definitely got it from from GW. I just walked in. I'm like, ah, what shall I buy? <laughs> I, have, I have money burning a hole. <sighs> Problem. Problems. Anyway, um, any other hobby stuff that you can think of? Not that I can mess up. I think that's about all of the stuff that I know that is going on at the moment. Um, I did not really do much research, to be fair. No, that's fine. Look, the only other thing that I will mention is um, podcast-wise. So um, if you are interested in not necessarily gaming stuff, but very geeky stuff, so, you know, your Star Wars, your pop culture references, all that sort of stuff, Geek Dudes podcast is a really good one to listen to. They are back. They had some time off due to personal issues. Um with one of the team members, but they are back. They are in fine form. They are definitely worth supporting. Um, they are funny as hell. And honestly, after everything that has happened, and you can listen if you're interested, you can listen. He, he's done a whole podcast about what happened. Um, it's really good to not only have them back and and have that banter going in my ears when I work, but it's you know it it it's inspiring what this guy's been through and and how he's pushed through it and and now using podcasts as as a sort of therapy session so basically short story it's a long story short if you're interested in pop culture stuff, give them a listen. Really good value. The other guys that I will plug is the Hobby Homies. We've mentioned them a couple of times. They have a Discord, uh, which they've set up this amazing community in. Um, it was going off earlier this evening, just before we started recording. I've put it away, so I can't see it. But uh, lots of really cool guys in there. And... If everything happens and if we can do it well, then we may do a crossover podcast shortly. I think it could be a thing if this works. And there's the moral, there's there's the million dollar question because at the point of recording, I don't know whether this works. Um, We did a small test. We did. We did do a a hundred minute test. (laughs) This is the hundred minute test. In fact, that might be the name of this podcast. (laughs) 
100 minute isolation test so you know yeah look yeah we'll give it a go we've we've chatted for long enough but hopefully we've kept some interest for you hopefully you've had a bit of fun uh and if so then we're just gonna do some more of these shortly we might not have necessarily games that we've played that we can talk about so much this time but we'll have to think of topics or do it do that for us if you've got ideas of stuff to, to talk about or you want our views on things i will give you opinions on things um Tracy's so like his opinions are like all over the place so definitely um yeah hit us up if you've got stuff oh, shit. <laughs> anyway thank you for listening guys it's been a pleasure Thank you, Jace, for setting all this up. Well, it hasn't worked yet, so let's just hold that off. Let's not count chickens. All right. Well, fuck you, Jace. Fair. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Later. Later. Later.